Previously on Splinters of a Broken Sun. Reeling from their traumatic experiences with memory and the space squid on the surface of the station, the Hub Gang began their flight home. Unfortunately, the Church of Gov was on high alert after spotting the 88 Express on its last pass over the capital city of Bodhi. Pursued by several auditors and a new, unfamiliar model of flying auditor, the 88 Express attempts to escape the Church's grasp once more. So you got a four there, and let's see how their thrust does. Okay. The oh, the machines, dear dear lord, uh, the machines' engines aren't as powerful as those on the express, but it appears that whoever is inside knows how to get everything possible out of them. So this thing is overtaking you, and it hasn't caught up to you yet. But this uh, thing that's coming after you is it's catching up right now. Can we just call that thing Starscream? So we, like, so we know. It is coming into range, and the name I have given it is a Prototer. Uh, yes. Okay, that's pretty cool, I guess. It looks like a whole ch- a huge jerk, just like Starscream. <laughs> Probably is. All right, well, this is happening... You've got your fields up. You're spinning in the clouds. The regular auditors have fallen away. So it's just you and the proto-auditor right now. And the proto-auditor is catching up. And as they're catching up, the two large arms swing forward. And the what might be hands normally fold back into what you would recognize as the barrels of some type of weapon. Okay. You can see a bit of an orange glow starting to develop in those barrels on your screen. Okay. Emrin starts to, if he can, just pull energy from wherever and try and shunt it into the shields. Okay. Uh, so that would be your crafts roll. You want to make. Would the ship give me any bonus? Uh, you are modifying the ship itself, so I would say no. Then I will do what I can. Okay. You want a fair roll here because you know these systems decently well. All right, you got it. How about a great? Great. Works perfectly. Uh, So you have beefed up the force field that glows an even brighter... uh, What color did we say it was? Green. Even brighter green. And Emrin turns to where the camera is and says, I'm giving it all I've got. Captain, uh, and and winks both eyes. <laughs> we'll just have to make it so. <laughs> okay, and uh, then Keva's going to try to become one with the ship again and make a hand and punch that proto auditor. Okay, it's not in range for that yet, but it'd be good if you want to slip. Okay. Into that drift mode with the ship. Uh, make me a great rapport roll, please. Oh boy. No. Well, she's doing that. I, I'd like to analyze the proto editor for any kind of structural weakness. 
Okay, let's do some investigate. Uh, are you using the ship's systems with that as well, or just your own? Yay. Okay, good. You've got a fantastic rapport roll. You and the ship slip into that drift space, and you can feel that you are now the ship, and the ship is now you. The Okay, and Maeve, you are working on investigating that, and let's see with a great roll. Yeah, what do you want to know? I want to try to find some way to destabilize it. Like, I know I know Keva can make a fist and punch something, but could she make a hand and, like, crush a wing or a thruster or something? You could. You'd have to get close. That's the one of the downsides of having an unarmed bus as your prime transport. It does not really have shooty-shoot guns on it. Okay, the charging finishes in that thing's barrels, and it attacks. Oh, I think maybe I have... Okay, sorry. I need to adjust something here. Yeah, the attack should actually be plus 10. Silly. No. I actually have to adjust it in the opposite direction. Thank, thank God. Y- yay. Joke's on them. Our armor class is 12. I would hope so. Okay, there we go. I wish this were any other pilot right now. This is going to be brought you. you're a mean man (laughs) okay Uh, so that was its weapons roll so are you going to try and get out of the way or try and soak it with your shields one is maneuvers the other is defenses Mm, yeah defenses okay so that's defenses will be plus two and you are the ship now, so that will be your physique. Okay. So. Any bonuses for Edwin having diverted power to the shields? Yes. You're going to add a plus two total. So, so wait, that's... You're adding plus four total to your physique roll. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Good. Just double checking there. You have made a superb physique roll which under ordinary circumstances would be yeah. awesome news. Uh, unfortunately, there are currently four shifts between the proto-auditor's weapons attack and your defense's defense. So you can take a four-shift hit, which I believe would damage your shields pretty severely. Yeah. Yeah, that would, that would probably take out your shields. Yeah. Because you have four boxes in your field defenses. Oh boy. Okay. So uh trying to figure this out. Well, I'm gonna put in another fate point and uh take in say uh way with animals, invoke that and have try to somehow divert some of that shot towards Keva's system. You want to take some of the shock to your mental strain? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. The, you know. Yeah, no, that's um, <laughs> interesting that this is happening now. But oh, as you have that idea, you find that, okay, so the blast impacts the shields. Like that's happening. 
this orange blast slams into the green and the green fluctuates around it. And you can feel the fear of the ship as the green field starts to ripple and like holes start opening up in it. And it begins to short out like that, like it's about to collapse. But Mm -hmm. as you, Keva, are thinking, I need to protect my ship as well. You can feel some of that shock that has impacted the fields suddenly impacts you. And you can feel a mental strain on you that's sort of like a a powerful shock to your mind. Mm. And you take half of what just hit the ship's fields as mental strain. So you take a two-shift hit to your mental strain. Okay. And the ship's fields only take a two-shift hit as well. Okay. Sorry, I accidentally was putting that into the ship. (laughs) So you take two mental strain, the ship takes two field strain. Yeah. So neither one of us soaked, uh, both of us soaked that. Great. You can feel sweat is... Like a cold sweat is bursting out all over your body now and you are shaking at this uh, mental strain that you've experienced. Mm -hmm. If they can hear her, she kind of like groans in like, ah, and then um, it's like, I really don't like whoever that is back there. For me, that's some very good dramatic irony. (laughs) Easily Esme. (laughs) <laughs> all right what are the rest of you doing on the ship zonin how much juice do you have in your glove uh so mave what you discovered with your lore role or your investigate role rather we didn't actually say that did we um you discovered that if this proto auditor gets close enough its wings you can see that they are vibrating pretty hard so whatever this thing is it is not designed for long-term flight or if it is designed for long-term flight, it is they did a bad job of it. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that if you can keep this thing flying after you without it blowing you up, uh, it might just rattle itself apart, basically. But you could also try and accelerate that in some way if you had a way of, I don't know, matching that frequency or slapping those wings. You know, that's always a, an option. I like the idea of matching the frequency. I'll, I'll, I'll inform Emrin and see if he can find something that the ship might be able to do. What does that sound like? What do you say to him? Uh, I'll, I'll just let Emrin know. Uh, this thing was not built for extended flights, and it wings, its wings are vibrating in not the happy way, the rattle, rattle, fall apart way. Is there some way you can match that frequency and exacerbate it? We could try and speed up, but if we take a hit, I think the 88 is going down. What about loudspeakers? True. You do have those. Matt, was there anything resembling a power source inside the squid? Just the squishy stuff. You, right. you do not know enough about that to use it right now. Someday, someday. Your suits, though. I will sacrifice heavy lifter, boy. No, I sacrificed mine because my my lower body is out anyhow right now. Then if you tell... 
Are you saying that in character? I mean, if I hear him say out loud that he's going to give up his mech, I'll just inform him that mine is currently incapacitated anyway. I'm not saying I'm incapacitated. I'm saying the suit is. Okay. Cool. Emran will quickly cannibalize the observational suit. Okay. Maeve, you're going to have to get out of that suit for this to happen, though. Might want to call one of your buddies over. I'll just have the spiders drag me out. That's what I meant. (laughs) Okay, so your suit opens, and you basically fall forward out of it, but one of your spiders uh, is there to catch you with its back, I guess, and sort of pull you away. It catches her with all eight of its legs. (laughs) All right. Emrin, um, I don't think there's a way for you to notice that. No. Mm-hmm. no, you wouldn't be looking for it anyway. It wouldn't make sense. All right. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think I could see it. Yeah, so you're in the midst of trying to dismantle or get to the first of the suit. With the suit open, it's a pretty easy thing to go in through the middle. The difficult part is going to be wiring this up to the speakers, which you're going to have to go down to the engine room to do. But will I have enough cable? Or do I just need to plug it in here and then try and wire it from the engine room afterwards? How much cable do you have? I have a little bit of wire from the first session. I think you have a stunt, too. I'm always making useful things. Yeah. Do you want to use that? I think um, without even spending a fate point, I just have enough electrical cable because I've been cannibalizing it from Hub. Okay. The, 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 the parts that Hub doesn't need. All right. So you've got that. Awesome. All right. So um, I'm going to have you go down to the engine room and try to wire this up. And to do that, you are going to make a crafts roll and it will need to be a good crafts roll. Here we go. That's awful. Well, it's average, but it's not what we need right now. I say this might come in handy later. I think I might invoke that as well. What is it that might come in handy? I think what happens is I think I have enough cable and I'm, I've rushed down to the engine room and I'm about to like basically come to the what amounts to an electrical socket and I need about a foot more mm-hmm. and I'm almost at a loss and then I remember that I have a, a bit of electrical cable from the splinter. Right. And I just, and I use, I use my superpowers to connect the ends and then shove it into the engine. Okay. Or the power cell. Okay. So you're going to re-roll then? Or no, I said good. Okay, that'll, that'll do it. Perfect. You have hooked up the loudspeakers to this battery, which should give them the power that they need. But it is now the proto-auditor's turn. Oh, wait, no, no. It's that scene in Back to the Future Part 1 where Doc is trying really hard to plug that thing in. <laughs> that was a tense scene. Ugh. All right, um, so, Zonin, what you doing? The ship has been rocked by a blast that nearly took out the force field, and you heard Keva cry out in pain from the cockpit. Uh, Emrin has rushed down to the engine room with uh, something attached into Maeve's suit, and Maeve is on top of a spider. Uh, okay. Um, I um, actually, I can compel myself, right? Yes, you can. Um, I'm going to offer compel because Keva was uh, screaming. I have uh, the, uh, the aspect thicker than water where my blood bond to Keva is super strong. So I 
feel compelled to go, despite this whole Matt Damon helmet situation, I feel compelled to run to the cockpit. Are you leaving the helmet there in the passenger area? Yeah, that would be the compel is to leave that there and then. Okay. So you rush up to the cockpit. Yeah. And you see uh, Keva is very sweaty and looks sort of ill, traumatized, kind of like how you looked when you woke up from being dead. Okay. Uh, I'm going to grab a bandana from my satchel and uh, tamp her forehead. Okay. How does Keva respond to this? Oh, hey, thanks. What do you need? I don't know. That thing back there is faster than us. And I really don't like that driver. Well, if it's faster than us, maybe we could use that to our advantage. I mean, I, I don't know how. I just, like, that might be a basis of a plan. It sounded like it could go somewhere. I mean, if we stopped suddenly, uh, I don't know how, Maeve said that that thing was unstable. And then also that vibrations might help. I wish we had that guitar. Remember? Oh, right. It's at this point that Emran starts playing uh, Take Me Home Country Road. (laughs) (laughs) Really loud over the ship speakers. And we have a montage of heroic victory. All right. While this is happening, the proto-auditor cannot make another attack yet because weapons have not... Uh, They need some time to reset. So instead, it is going to attempt to... Hmm. Catch up all the way to your ship. Okay. But the shields are still online, correct? They are. They're weak, but they're still online. They're hanging on. Kevin's gonna... Is it, like, okay for Kevin to query at the ship? What if someone in metal suit touches the force field? How does that affect them? Uh, It sends you a row of fire emoji. Mm. The proto-auditor is going to catch up to you, unless you can make a good thrust roll modified by your... At this point, athletics, because you are one with the ship. Okay. And then with the ship's thrust, or...? Add the ship's thrust to your athletics. Okay. Three. Did I ever mention I'm not the best at math? Because I'm not. But I know what three plus whatever equals. What's your athletics? Oh, I yeah, it's just a... All right. So right now, you've got a great thrust roll there. I I need to rename that stat. I'm just trying not to laugh every time I say it. Um, The proto-auditor has done you two better, unfortunately. Why? Why would you say that? It's fantastic. So the (laughs) proto-auditor's thrust roll is currently uh, higher than your roll. Okay. So they are going to catch up to you. Unless you decide to do something about it. Keva's just going to swear quietly under her breath. She can't do, like, she only has one more uh, fate point. Mm. Or I only have one more fate point. 
and I'd rather invoke that to uh, hurt them with the shield than, you know. Okay. So the proto-otter is caught up to you. It is sort of flanking you now, flying a little bit above into your port side. That's, that's the left, right? Yeah, that's the left. So it's a little bit, it's on your port high. Now, what's the term they would say for that? Your nine o'clock high. Joke's on them. We can't read analog. <laughs> okay. So down in the engine room, you've got this hooked up, uh, Emran. On the bridge, Zonin and Keva, you're there together. Keva, you're still, uh, you're still suffering from that last hit, but you can do stuff if you need to. And uh, Maeve, you've been doing something secretly over in the corner. I'd also like to try to keep uh, an eye on the proto-otter, see if I can maybe try to gauge the trajectory as far as maybe which side it's going to attack or when the weapons will be back online. Okay. So I think at this point uh, you've done enough investigating of it that it will be a lore roll to calculate that. Okay. You got a fair lore roll. Sorry, is that? Yes, you got a fair lore roll there. Uh, With that, you can tell that I'll put this in in, uh, metagame terms. Every second turn, this thing can use that attack that it used on you before. I will relay that as non-meta as possible. Yeah, you can say like, oh, it takes it like, I guess, 20 seconds to charge. Hmm. If Emran has everything um, connected, I think he's going to try and rush back to the passenger area or the bridge, whichever has access to the speakers. Yeah, that's the bridge. If he even knows that. Then Emran will rush very quickly, and because he is a sprinter, he's, he's there in a moment's notice. All right. You clamber back up uh, to the bridge. You enter in. You see what Zonin saw, and Zonin's there also, I guess, still mopping Keva's brow. Not looking too hot, huh? No. Let's see if we can fix that then. How do I scream at this thing? Okay. Uh, would Keva be able to... Well... Is there a microphone? <laughs> you can make announcements throughout the ship from any of the seats. They're all hooked into the speaker system, but for the external, you would need to be in the captain's seat which is the one in the middle, slightly elevated. Which is where Keva's probably standing. So Keva kind of is like, oh. And she's like, Zonin, give me a hand for a second. And she's like not leaning on him much. No, you're in the the pilot seat, right? Oh, okay. Then she gestures uh, Emrin to sit there and, and says, that thing has a sitting there lets you be able to talk. Okay. Uh, are you just going to scream? I think that like Emran just wants to make sure that the, the power is being, that the power from the suit is being correctly routed. Or did I already do that to the speakers, the external speakers specifically? You believe that you have succeeded in amping up the external speakers. You know, it never hurts to test things out. So Emran will test things out by attempting to deliver a sonic attack to the proto-auditor. Okay. What's that going to be? Um, 
Shoot, I guess. No, no, it's not going to be shoot. That's provoke. Excellent. And add the ship systems to that. Noise. All right. That was a fantastic provoke roll. And how do we defend against this? I guess that would be... No, that wouldn't work. Call them a cotton-headed nitty noggins. <laughs> wow. Wow. Wowee. Oh, geez. I'm going to have to up the rating on this show. Ugh. All right. I think that is going to be... Okay, so systems plus will for provoke. Yeah, it's will for provoke. If my suspicions are correct, then this person does not have the best will. Curses. Okay. You have tied, which isn't bad. It means that you get what you want, but there is a cost. Uh, So do you want to stay at a tie or do you want to try and... What do you want to do? I think... Hmm. I don't really know if any of my aspects like make sense. Well, I did tell you to keep it in the air or bring it down. That's true. You have forged something of a blade, and also Maeve is the one that gave you this information. I think you could use one or the other of those. Yeah, I think I'm going to reflect on Maeve's orders and try and modulate my screaming. Okay. Maeve is the hand, I am the blade. You're invoking. And you do, doing a re-roll or just adding two? I don't think I'm going to do much better, so I'm just going to add two. Okay. So your uh, screamed curses blast out and uh, slam into the proto-auditor. And you can see that the rattling doesn't really intensify from that. The sound sort of passes around it because you're just testing at this point and haven't checked for the correct frequency. But you can see that the ship sort of dips or not the ship, the uh, suit kind of dips uh, a little bit as if the person inside were suddenly struggling with their controls. Um, when Emran screams, please picture that Keva has like covered her ears with her hands. <laughs> Absolutely. We're telling him they smell of elderberries next. Okay, so the auditor is recharged and fires their weapons. Oh. They have made an epic attack on you with its weapons. And are you going to attempt to soak it with the fields or dodge with your maneuvers? Dodge. Okay. Roll your maneuvers plus your athletics. Or sorry, the ship's maneuvers. The 88's maneuvers plus your athletics. Oh, plus my athletics. Or your athletics plus maneuvers, whatever. Yeah, it's easier to do it from the Keva side. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be mean and... Uh, take away any of your maneuvers ability because because of Emran taking power from the engines. We'll count that towards. Well, that doesn't matter anyway, does it? Well, they are adding power with my suit. That's to the speakers specifically. Yeah. Okay. So um, you have rolled mediocre on your maneuvers, which makes sense given the fiction. But is there anything you would like to do? I'm going to take that last fate point what haven't i invoked i haven't invoked hidden arsenal or away with animal and i guess hidden arsenal wouldn't make as much sense you can also invoke the ships aspects oh correct which are rapid transit and love schedules in case anyone wanted to know i guess then that would count as rapid transit because it's like, I am so fast. 
I can move out of the way. I will do the re-roll. Okay. All right, that's much better. You got a great maneuvers. Yay. That's not as horrible. Yeah. So the she the ship, uh, the express is going to take some stress still. Fortunately, it's got a three box free on its field, so we'll put that in there. It slams into the fields again, and this time the tattered nature of the green field is uh, undeniable. There are certainly gaps in your shield defenses now. Um, so I'm up to three f- with Will as well? You took no mental strain for this unless you choose to do so. Oh, no. She's guarding herself. Yeah. So essentially what you've seen here is an, another thing that you can do with your powers. But we can figure that out more later when you've got some downtime. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Proto Auditor has blasted a bunch of holes in your shields with its uh, cannon weapons. And it's not looking super great right now, but it is the ship and the people upon its turn again. I would like to mosey on over and... Uh, Try to help Emren locate the right frequency. Okay. Use your uh, use your lore, and you're gonna overcome the obstacle of trying to find that frequency. And you have got a three, which is what you needed. You are able to find the frequency that you would need in order to cause further damage to the pursuing auditor's hull with your loudspeakers. Uh, it is not a frequency that a person could easily make, but it is a frequency that for example, it is a frequency that would be possibly emitted from a hissing spider. I conveniently run one. Yeah, how large? Large. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I can think of that would make a noise that you have access to. Uh, I guess you could do a type of white noise as well that would have a similar frequency. No, I'll motivate the spider. I'll tell it he can eat whatever's inside that suit. Oh, your spider friend is very enticed by this option. And okay, I guess uh, we will use your, uh, at this point, what's it gonna be? Uh, We'll add the systems to it with your provoke Maeve to make this attack. I do not have a provoke, in which case, would it be better than to just use the white noise option? Uh, In that case, uh, it would be, Either way, it's going to be systems to augment it from the ship. Uh, what else could you use uh, to get this going? What else can you use to get the spider hissing? Sell me, sell me on something here that will work for you. I'll use lore. I'll tell it an inspiring story that I read about giant spiders overtaking some spooky armored demon by driving it insane with their hissing sounds. The same way Arthur drove off the Knights of Knee with a specific word. I mean, that sounds like you're using rapport. I think someone's either going to... Would it be lore if I tried to make the white noise? You could do... Yeah, I guess it would be lore if you're trying to use the computer systems to make white noise. Uh, You can use your lore to try and program the ship to make that noise, plus the ship systems. Emery can actually help with that, too, because I have an average lore. Uh, Let's see, what are the ships? Systems is plus two. So so I would just add plus three to my lore roll? Yeah. I will re-roll that because I know that I can do better lore than that. Okay. Uh, What's going to make you re-roll it? I will use Emren and I are Chaos United 
Sounds good. So that's a legendary. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's that's see. eight. It was I did will plus systems before. Yes, I did. All right, let's try that again. And what was his will? His. Is it the Lord of the Narcs? That's what I thought. Okay, you've tied. Kaka. All right. Um, so you can see that the sonic assault is having an effect on the hull of the suit. And uh, we are going to put a destabilized boost on the proto auditor's suit that you can invoke for free once on your next turn. Who else on the ship is doing something? Keva, you can try to run faster. You can focus on just going fast if you want. Mm. Can she try to punch an auditor again? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yay! Create an advantage yeah. so we can blow its wings off. Yeah, she's going to try to create an advantage by uh, weaponing it good. Okay, so that will be uh, your fight plus the ship's weapons. Okay, fight. Does it have any? Uh, the weapons are minus two <laughs> on the ship. No! Why that? It's a bus. It's, it's not meant for this. I know. How dare you try is... to limit what it can be, Matt? You know? <laughs> this bus always wanted to be a battle bus. It's like the magic school bus. It can be whatever it wants to be. We'll just turn that into the spooky vehicle from Mad Max. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's two. Yeah. All right, let's see how the maneuvers go. Okay, unfortunately, this pilot knows how to fight, and he is able to just barely bank away from the giant fist that he clearly was expecting, as if he had heard reports of what this ship can do, uh, and sort of begins drifting further up. But this does give you some space. You've got a bit of space. If you wanted to try to punch it, you can do that now. So she can try again? I mean, by, sorry, I meant the Star Wars meaning of punch it. Oh. If you want to run away, you have an opening to do that right now before its weapons recharge and while it's giving you a bit of space to get away from the fist. So I can roll another thing? Yeah, you can roll your athletics plus the ship's thrust or your rapport plus the ship's thrust. Yeah, rapport. If you're just coaxing the ship to go super fast and not using your own strength to do it. Uh, gotta go fast, Keva says to the ship. Okay. We gotta go fast! Emran, you can probably help with this too, right? Uh, you know what? I believe that I can, but I don't know that I have any proof that I can. <laughs> well, there's some extra power in the ship right now going into the speakers. You could possibly reroute that to engines. You know what? I think that I'm going to pull all the extra juice that I can away from the speakers and that silly little life support meter <laughs> and uh, just keep the shields up. But basically all the extra juice that I was trying to scream at the prosoditor with, I will pump into the engines to run really fast. Okay. So you uh, will just have that add to a plus one. So you've got a legendary total speed on that. and. Uh, let's see. Yeah. It's going to have a negative because he was hoping you were going to stay and fight. I wasn't expecting you to run there. Okay. You pull away. The proto-auditor begins to fall back 
from where you are as the 88 Express lives up to its name and races ahead of the Proto Auditor. And as long as you are able to maintain this speed, which is maybe not that long, but it should be enough to let you get away from the destabilized ship. You know what? You can even... Mm. You could even invoke the destabilized boost you got there to go even faster if you want. Or to make more distance, I should say. So that was a free invoke that you got. Yeah. Can I do that? You absolutely can. Boy. <sighs> Which is just my stock phrase, you know. Matt? Yep. I think Emron's going to try and look for any loose wiring so he can hook up more of the suits to the engines. Okay. Uh, we'll just say that that's going to happen at this point, because I think we're okay with ending the chase scene there. You have managed to escape the proto-auditor and its mysterious pilot, who seems to know so much about you. Yeah, I... Oh. Okay. The Express is flying now back towards Hub. What are the four of you doing? on the ship while this is happening. You've still got about an hour. Emran will ask, generally, does anyone think they have a way of following us, even though we lost them? I doubted that suit didn't look stable enough to follow us to Hub. Couldn't it? But maybe track us? Mm, SGM, they used that before, and also Matt Damon, if possible. Yeah, Zonin, that thing tried to fry you, huh? Yeah, I don't know what's up with that, but I'll um, I'll look into it when we get back to Hub. If you need any help, I can try. Uh, it's okay for now. I don't wanna. I don't wanna think about it. Are like does does Zonin actually look like pretty broken up about the helmet being taken from him? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, he's. Um, I think he's, he's deadpan. He's the way he's been since the vision, um, out on the surface. Okay. So the ship, uh, unless there's anything else, you make your way back to hub. I, um, I want to put the robo Damon in my bag, but I want to put, I want to put Elysium Damon back on. Okay. You climb back into your suit and it slurps shut around you. The ship uh, circles once and twice and then lands. You see that several of the deg shrooms have grown. One of them is about a quarter the height of a person at this point, And they all wave to you as the ship lands before they go back to doing whatever it is that they're doing in the ground. Kevin's going to hug all the goats. Uh, the goats seem very happy to see you. In particular, of course, Jolly. Jolly, you are never going into space. Uh, you find that when you are there, uh, Constance comes up to meet you. She says, oh, hello, okay, you're, you're back. And she pauses. You don't look well. Keva, what's wrong? Uh, there was a, a lot out there. Hmm, I see. Not... It's... It's more emotional, you know. Yeah. 
Well, come on inside. Nothing. Did it work? She sort of looks puzzled for a minute. What? Did what? Does Hub have power? Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Sort of looks around. It is what would normally be nighttime at this point that you've gotten home. Of course, it's always night now, but it's actual nighttime, so the moons are out. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, uh, hello, Hub? And Hub uh, appears. And I say, oh, hello, everyone. You made it back safely, I see. Just, just barely. Yeah. I pause. Uh, well, you made it back. That's the important part. We've got some food ready. Come on inside. I have something for you. Okay. You want to talk about it now or at my core? What, what do you want? Well, I mean, I can't. There was a lot of stuff out there that's going to take a really long time to process. I can tell that you're going through a lot right now. And I think unless there's an emergency, I think the best thing would be for all of you to come inside, have a meal, and get some sleep. <sighs> Is it an emergency? I have something for you. Okay, why don't you come down to the core and we'll talk there. Otherwise, I can't really take whatever it is. Okay, but I'm just going to tell you what it is. It's your other brain box. You can see Hub is uh, looking at you, but also kind of through you at this point. They're maybe in shock or maybe just processing something. And then... My... My backup? Yeah. Something we met out there took it. But they gave it back. A, th a person had it? Living out there? Uh, More like amorphous, spooky blob. I can tell you've got some stories to tell. It it'll take some time to... Prepare to reintegrate the backup. That's, don't get me wrong, this is wonderful news. I'm just astonished that, what was it doing out there? Okay, come in, come in. Let's come and sit down. Come on, let's not stand out here. And Hub, uh, to sort of force the issue, uh, their avatar vanishes. Constance kind of shrugs. Uh, I think they're right. You look rough. You should all come inside and eat. That's, you know, doctor's orders, I guess. Kevin nods and, and starts to kind of walk inside, but she asks Constance, so how are Mandakai and Karis doing? You mean like, she sort of gives you a nudge. You mean like, how are they doing or how are they doing? <laughs> uh... He says, yeah, I'm just kidding. They're fine. Come on. And she kind of drops back a bit to look in on uh, the, the others because she's seen that Keva appears to be shaken but uh, alive. And she wants to sort of examine other people as they are coming in. 
So who's uh, coming in behind Keba? Emran will carry Maeve. I'm I'm riding a spider with her. Emran will carry the spider. <laughs> <laughs> Strong as ten men. It's the matryoshka doll of carrying. And and then also I'll carry Zona. For no reason in particular. I'm sure he doesn't need it, but I'll carry someone. I, I feel that I need to. Uh, Emrin comes in behind Keva carrying one of the spiders. <laughs> like a baby. Yeah, just carrying one of the spiders like a baby. Its eight legs are curled up on its thorax. <laughs> Making cooing noises. <laughs> <laughs> I think they only hiss, but yeah. That, that was, was my best attempt. <laughs> well, I'm never sleeping again. <laughs> I'm sorry. So uh, Constance is giving Emrin sort of a look over and avoiding the spider's very large legs. And she's like, how are you feeling, Emrin? Perfect. He smiles in her general direction. Okay. Uh, you look all right physically. I feel great physically. Good. I mean, that's, that's kind of my only thing. So you might have to talk to someone else about... All right. She sort of pats you on the bicep, which is about where she can reach. I'll see you inside. Yeah, I just... Uh... I look like I'm about to say something, but then I think better of it. Or I just change my mind. Hmm. And I guess she drops back to Zonin, who is inside of his spacesuit still. Yeah, I'm going to walk uh, off the ship, uh, still in the spacesuit, and I'm going to make my way to my living quarters. Okay. And you just ignore Constance? She's like, Zonin? Zonin? Yeah, I, um, I'll, I'll, I'll mutter, like, um, I just need some, some alone time. She looks concerned, but uh, turns back to Maeve uh, riding a spider and narrows her eyes. I'm juggling the uh, fleshy specimen jars that I took out before my suit was scavenged. As the spider drags behind it, the mechanical remains of the squid, and she can just hear Maeve mumbling about stupid flying suits and burning someplace to the ground the next time she sees it. <laughs> Sounds very Maeve. Can I give you a hand with those, Maeve? Sure, if you wouldn't mind taking them back to the clinic. Yeah, of course. Are you... okay? I'm annoyed and I want to burn something down, so that's kind of the usual. Why aren't you walking? Is it your knee again? It got worse. There was a fight. Which I didn't start, by the way. Okay. okay, all right. She holds up her hands. I didn't say anything. She's taking the, the samples from you. Uh, make sure that you come by the clinic soon, too. We, if it's getting worse, we need to look into that. I mean, you know that. You're, you're an apothecary. Sure, I'll be there. I basically live there now. <laughs> uh, that's what the bed is. Okay. Well, uh, the food's down in the food court, surprisingly enough. And she sort of walks back in with uh, the rest of you. But she heads over to the clinic to drop that stuff off as per Maeve's request. Emran heads over to the clinic. Or actually, no, Emran just heads to a, um, a privy to wash his face. Okay. And there are those in the food court 
there's, you know, bathrooms there. If you want to do that, otherwise, you know, there's your room in the hotel. Or the clinic, of course, has wash stations. Uh, I think Emran will actually go to the clinic to, like, wash himself up and then, like, do a little bit of uh, stitching. Okay. And then actually to get a, just like a general practice reading of his body. Okay. Uh, so you're there in the clinic. Constance is also there. She is putting the samples away in the appropriate places in the clinic. You see that Mandukai is not there, but Karis is. They are sitting on the edge of their medical bed, still with uh, bandages and a splint on, uh, well, basically casts on their legs, which were, as you may recall, pretty badly broken in the Battle of the Oasis. But they are sitting up. They look okay otherwise. I say... Ah, uh, Emran, you look, well, better now that you're washed up, I suppose. I'm glad to see you're up. Yeah, in a manner of speaking. Emran smiles wryly. It looks like you've been through something. Yes, actually. Would you like to talk about it? I think so. Well, Karis gestures to the bed across from theirs. Emran wanders over, like wiping his hands off on a towel. Plops down. It may or may not surprise you that despite my attitude, I am a good listener. I never had anything against you, Karis. You were just trying to keep your people safe. I still am, but my definition of my people is flexible. He, uh, he looks over, or Emran looks over at the, uh, the auditor equipment that might be near the bed. Yes. Can't say I blame you. So, what happened to you out there? Well, we did manage to reroute power to the hub, I think. Excellent. We encountered a possible alien species. All right. Karis kind of pulls a, face o a hand over their face. Aliens, yes, of course. We uh, brought it back for further study, disassembled, just in case it wants to recorporate. I assume it's, well, disassembled. Okay, Emran, I'll, I'll trust you. I know you're very competent and capable. Thank you. And, um... Karis is, you can see Karis is struggling not to say something. And they just sort of flex a hand into a fist and then release it and say, but that wasn't what bothered you, was it? No, not quite. I'll get to the, the worst part, or what I think might be the worst part, last. But You might have noticed that uh, the four of us, or the ones who've touched the splinters, manifest powers 
I'm sure that's not news to you. No, it's more common than the church would have us think. Emran notes that mentally. Emran Pak will remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're all manifesting powers and they're increasing in, I guess, severity will be the word I use. The Kevos Mm -hmm. is very interesting. She can interface with technology or the type of technology that is pre-emergency in the very least. I see. Fly the ship, interact with the suits that we found. Uh, Apparently, she can also, if there is a hard connection, she can put on someone else's body, so to speak. Try to make them do something. Karis folds their hands together and sort of leans forward towards you. Uh, their eyebrows go up a bit. You notice that they... Well, are you seeing right now? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I would want to see Karis. I, I needed to see to be able to see the auditor equipment and whatnot. Okay. Uh, you notice that Karis is not wearing their crown. It's on the table next to the bed. Uh, you also see on the bed there is a what appears to be hastily constructed pillow that you may or may not recognize, but which someone in the party would definitely remember making. Looks like they've held on to it for some reason. And so they lean forward towards you and they say, she can control you. It wasn't malicious. I know that. It's just not... You've lived under the control of the church. You know what that can feel like. It's, it's very direct, what she's able to do. Mm-hmm. Even useful, I would say, and some might blanch at me for saying that. Well, I'm not of a particularly delicate composition, but I can understand how scary that is. It scares me. I mean, I know that you and Keva are close, but that must have been... Are you scared of her? Oh, no. No, it's Maeve I'm worried about, and he chuckles. <laughs> Wise. And Zonin. He's far more creative than I thought. Zonin is uh, unique. He certainly has a flair to him. You know, I don't mean to be like I am to people, but sometimes I can't help it. I, I have decades of instincts built into me for a certain type of work. And it is hard to turn those off. True. Look, so this experience shook you all the same. Was this the worst part or was there something else? Oh, no. While on the surface of the station, we encountered an entity 
that identified itself as memory. It was an amorphous tentacled body of something, possibly nanites. Fascinating. And it appears to be a conglomerate of hundreds, maybe thousands of minds, and it obsessively collects lost knowledge. What must that be like to live like that out there? It seemed to be in a great deal of pain. The communication, conventional communication, caused it distress. So it communicated with you. What did it communicate? I sense that this is something that may have upset you. Maeve and I are very curious people. Mm. And I couldn't help myself and... I needed to know what it knew, or they knew, and we asked to be shown its recollections, their recollections of the emergency. Ooh. All right. And Emran looks up a bit, like, actually teary-eyed at uh, Karis, tries to meet their eyes. It was... Karis meets your eyes completely unflinchingly. They lean forward to place one of their sort of long, calloused hands over yours. Uh, They nod at you. It was a lot. I can't even imagine... I've had my theories before, and with my position within the church being what it was, I was privy to more than most, but even they don't seem to know much of anything about that. At least, not at my level. I'm sure there's someone. I should hope so, but clearly this memory knew something, and clearly it took its toll on you. Yes. It also seemed to indicate that there were other memories, other conglomerates. Hmm. You know, that reminds me of something from a mission. No, I I don't know. It was a long time ago. It's probably nothing, but I'll think on it more. Emran, and uh, they sort of shift themselves forward a little bit and, and pat your hands again. If you need to talk, I can always listen. I don't know if you... Of course you don't know this. I haven't told anyone other than Mandukai, but... Before I was an auditor, my calling was as a notary. And I no longer believe as I did, but I know how to talk if you need to. Thank you, Karis. May not. But in my professional opinion, what you need right now isn't a broken down old man, but maybe some company and some good food. I think so. Oh, and before I leave, uh, I'll bring you 
I'll make sure that food gets to you as well if you haven't eaten. But um, I think that Zonin might be by to ask you a few questions about auditor equipment. Okay. I'd best get some rest before he arrives then. Karis uh, shifts around and leans back in the bed to lie down. Can it be canon that Keva has written a get better soon, Karis thing on Karis's cast? Yes, but you would have had to do it while they were asleep. Okay. She totally did. (laughs) (laughs) So get well soon is written on one of their legs casts. Emran. And and a little doodle of a goat. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Emran Emran nods at Karis and bounces. Okay. Uh, Where is everybody else? Okay, so uh, Maeve, where did you go? I would have headed down. I mean, is there a specific place we're keeping all our mechanical stuff? I would have probably left the the bundle of... uh, squid parts, at least the mechanical ones, wherever it is that we chose to keep our suits. And then before... Do you oh, have sorry, a, go ahead. Uh, Emran, do you have a workshop set up for that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think it's probably one of the shops that had, like, tool stuff that Emran has just, like, turned into his study station for modern weaponry and whatever weird stuff they encounter. It's probably where he's been keeping bundles and bundles of electrical stuff and plating and whatnot. Okay. Wire. Yeah, exactly. All right, so that's there. Since we can spend fate points for scenery, I will spend one right now because Maeve found a big ancient Grecian-style urn, which in her absence she has had the bees full with honey. (laughs) So now she's just making her way toward the cafeteria, eating honey out of this big urn with a ladle. (laughs) <laughs> why, why on earth why is that your thing <laughs> you truly are a hive mother she's honey <laughs> she's mad oh okay sure put that down in the wiki <laughs> alright uh, so where's Keva Keva went wherever uh, Hub was taking her. Okay, so that means you are the first to go into the food court, and you see that there is a feast set up. It's very similar to how it was set up back at the Oasis, except there's no like high table or anything. Everyone's just at different tables. All the kids are there. The you know dozen or however many adults we had there. The uh, aunt friend. Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy's there in their uh, wig. Everybody's eating, and you see there's sort of a, I guess, like, like a whirlpool of attention, and it is naturally centered on Mandukai, who she's not at the central table, she's not at the edge or anything. She's just at a table, and sort of the attention and conversation radiates out from her. You can hear her booming voice. Ah. Uh. Uh, not sorry, not her booming voice. You can hear her sort of powerful voice uh, filling the air and her laughter. And there is a big banner hung up in between the pillars in the middle of the food court. 
but you can't see what's on it just yet. Keva's gonna like square her shoulders and like stop like twisting her hands in her poncho and like try to like put on a you know less pained expression. Okay. And then kind of enter like yeah everything's fine. So you enter and several of the kids sort of turn towards you and they are very excited to see you. Like, oh, Keva's back, Keva's back. They're crowding around you. Hi, everyone. How are you? We're having dinner. Really? Yeah. I, I could totally eat a lot right now. It's good, they say, and they give you some food. One of the... One of the little kids looks to be about seven or eight. Uh, they hand you basically a sandwich, but it has already had several bites taken out of it. Do you want some? Sure. Kevin like bites the other end of it. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a sandwich that has clearly been put together by uh, someone who is used to making lots of functional food. Uh it's not really bread, but it's... Oh, no, no, you've got all those bags. It's made with that Wonder Bread stuff that you've got. Mmm. <laughs> the best the hub has to offer. It's weird. It is. So you hear Mandukai says, Ah, Keva! There you are! Come on over. Hi, Mandukai. She stands, um, you know, towering over everyone around her. And people make way as you approach her. And she offers you a hug if you want one. Yeah. All right. She gives you a big old hug, sort of lifting you up off the ground as she does. It's not painfully crushing, but it's crushing in that comforting way that good hugs are. Uh, When I imagine Keva's hugs are like is, like, she's kind of like... It's hard because this is another thing where uh, she likes holding people more than being held. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's more of a thing where she wants that close human connection. Yeah. And so she's like allowing it like she's like yeah Amanda Kai after a moment uh, softens her hug and puts you down she has a look of concern on her face but rather than make a deal out of it she puts on another smile and turns to the crowd and says let's hear it for our hero and everybody starts cheering (laughs) thanks and she kind of like waves a little you feel that Mandukai's strong hand sort of uh, squeezes your shoulder significantly and then lets go before she hunkers back down to the table. And it's at about that time that Maeve and Emrin arrive. You're likewise greeted. The kids are all running over to see you. Some of them are still kind of hesitant or scared of the spider, but they all want to come over and say welcome and hi. Kevin's going to finally notice that Maeve is still riding a spider mm-hmm. and kind of 
kind of give her like a look like what in between mouthfuls of honey maybe she's gonna mumble walking is for pedestrians (laughs) (laughs) but that's how you exercise your leg muscles Maeve we talked about this they just keep eating honey how does Emran respond to the greeting? I think he's surprisingly receptive. And he's like, if people offer hands, he like shakes hands or like touches foreheads, whatever is, you know, the lingua franca of physical interaction. Yeah, we could seem uh, satisfied with hair ruffles and stuff like fives and so on. Mandukai is also waving you over. Please come on, come sit, sit, eat. Where's Zonin? Kevin's going to look around like, uh, yeah, where is Sonin? He needed some time off. He'll be around. Okay. Well, I guess he's going to miss the unveiling. And she makes a signal, and you see uh, a kid pulls a line, and the banner floats down and says, Congratulations! You've won! (laughs) Congratulations to, and it has all of your names there, like Emran, Zonin, Keva, and Maeve. It's clearly been painted by small children. There's handprints and stuff on it. It's very messy, but, you know, it's there. And they start singing a congratulatory song, very loud and off-key. Keva is, like, clapping along, like, really, like... Getting into it to the point of where it might be a little bit weird. <laughs> Emran's, he nods along. It's for the children. Emandukai presents you as uh, Karis and I and Constance put this together for you. The four of you have risked a lot, been through a lot. And I think you need to start thinking about who you are and what you want to do with your futures. And so we thought, well, and she hands you what looks like a, uh, a set of four patches that have been put together. And she sort of uh, gives them to you and hands one to each of the three of you. Are these our Eagle Scout patches? It has on it a orange circle. And the bottom half of the orange circle has been shattered, broken into horizontally seven increasingly smaller segments. Oh. Hey, listeners, look down at your screen right now. That's our logo. And she says, I think you've more than earned the right to build your own faction of the excommunicated, if you so wish. And, well, you did break the sun. Uh. Emran um, playfully pushes Keva. Keva's going to start sobbing. Emran apologizes for pushing you. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not that. Keva's just like, this is a lot. This is a lot. (laughs) Mandukai is a little bit surprised that you're crying, but she 
tries to play it off and like rub your back and be like, oh, you know, I didn't think the symbol was that ugly, but you don't have to use it. It's not ugly. It's just a lot. It's just a lot today. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah. Get this woman some food, she booms, and the kids start running off to bring the three of you some food. What do you do with your patches, if anything? I don't think it's like stick on. No, you would have to sew it onto something. Yeah. Keva's going to tuck it in her pocket and uh, try to stop crying, but she really like has started and can't stop. Emran will shove his patch into like one of his cargo pant pockets that he rummaged from the stores, and he'll uh, he'll take Keva by the shoulders and just like walk her over to a seat that's kind of out of the way. I'll pocket my patch and just become statue still until Emran steps in, because Maeve just assumes that crying people are like cobras and that they'll respond to movement. <laughs> <laughs> this has probably happened before, though. Keva crying and then grabbing Maeve. <laughs> Maeve has learned to keep out of arm's reach at these trying times. <laughs> uh, but uh, Keva is like trying to gather herself and like she seems okay after a minute, but she can't like her face is still kind of reddish and like every like 30 seconds or so more tears come down. Emran hands her the one of the towels that he took from the uh, clinic. Thanks. And then she like wipes her face with it again. Are we okay? Emran uh, sits down next to you and is like easily a head and a half taller than you. And uh, he just gets closer and whispers in interior or like like purposefully enough so that only you could hear it. We're gonna be okay, Keva. Just no body jacking. And he smiles at you. Yeah, Keva smiles back. And she nods. Uh, for what it's worth, I appreciate what you were trying to do. And I forgive you. Thanks. And Emran nods and rushes over to the food because he cannot help himself. <laughs> <laughs> so then the children like see you coming and they scatter out of the way. <laughs> oh no. That's what's gonna happen when I, I'm working at a day camp now. That that's my biggest fear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Not in fear, just like, oh, he's coming. It's valid. I'm not saying it's the wrong response. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, Maeve, are you pulling your spider up to a table? As feasible as that is. Yeah. Well, they make room for you at the table with Keva and uh, with Emran as well. Well, Emran's not there right now, but you are given space. Keva will like turn her head to Maeve and just be like, do you want me to get you anything? She's better. But, you know, she's still kind of sniffy. I'll just do the no worries 
wave as she literally raises the urn to her mouth, Winnie the Pooh style. <laughs> I'm gonna get you something to wash that down. And when she pulls her head out of the, the urn, like her skin pulls away and reveals an arachnoid face beneath it. She's been a spider the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So the feast goes on for a while and you can stay as long as you want or not. When Keva's eaten her fill, she's gonna make up a plate of food that Zonin likes and go try to find him and at least give him some food, even if he doesn't want to talk. Okay. While all this is happening, Zonin, you went to your room. Yep. What are you doing there? Um, I'm sitting on my bed. I've taken uh, my Elysium helmet off or my daemon face, and uh, <laughs> I'm kind of staring at um, my auditor helmet in my hands, just kind of looking at it face to face. You can see that it is no longer hot. Whatever was causing it to do that appears to be out of range now. And you can see your face reflected in the shiny surface, but it's just the blue right now because the sun is down. That's a cool poetic shot. I like it. I, I kind of give a, the helmet like a real good twice over, just like looking around to see like, like there's a lot of trepidation uh, when it comes to the helmet because there was a close call earlier. So, Okay. It appears to be dormant as it normally is. Um, I'm going to uh, hop out of the old Elysium suit in full. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to prop that suit up or like maybe um, Ferris Bueller it to make it look like I'm sitting in it or lying down in it? You can sit down in a chair with it facing away from the door or something and then get out of it. Yeah, that sounds great. I'd like to do that. Okay. And then I would like to uh, actually leave my quarters. And, um, oh man, how do I Ferris Bueller this? Uh, I mean, I think, uh, you know, just sitting at the table silently is something I do. And I want to slink off to um, uh, a less... Like a, a place we don't often go in the hub. Just like a, a deserted place. Okay. I'm going to say that you go to the... Where do you go very much? The platforms. Okay. I'll find a place in the platforms and I will... Um, um, yeah. I'm going to take a long look at the helmet and a real deep breath. And then uh, put the helmet back on. As you put the helmet on... The seven-pointed star rises, and inside, the HUD comes to life. And you see, flashing in the corner, one unread message. <laughs>